Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on a Saturday afternoon in the great state of Texas. For many people, school has started. For some, school's going to start on Monday. My kids started on Wednesday. Uh, But a lot to talk about that happened this week in addition to some people going back to school. And this ties right in to school starting. And so we're going to get into details about the special session ending earlier this week in the state of Texas ending abruptly, really, on the House side. And I'll provide some more detail about uh, some of that drama from the Texas Capitol. My staff and team, we were on the ground. We were in the House gallery when it all fell apart, if you will, or it came to an end, and some of the stuff that happened in the Senate. Some good things happened during the special session, so it's not all things to be overly concerned about, but there is some unfinished business, and, and that are the big ticket items, really, or the ones that were getting the most attention, if you will, that was left unfinished in the Texas special session that ended on Tuesday night, even though there was an extra day left. It ended. We'll get into some more detail about that. A lot's happened across the country. A lot of people are, you know, back to school thinking about things, right? What are your rights in school? What, you know, how to, you know, maybe you had an incredible experience during the summer at a church camp or whatever the case may be, and you're a public school student and you're wanting to think more about, you know, how do you continue to live that out? We'll talk about some of those issues related to religious liberty in school and the state of privacy or the lack of privacy now in public schools because of what didn't happen during the special session. But we're also going to talk about how these things are being impacted and what they look like from the national perspective, because we have our great friend back on the show again, Tony Perkins, that's going to talk about the national perspective on some of these issues, some things that are happening with their work at the national level. We're excited to have him on. So let me tell you a little bit about Tony. I know he's been on the show before, but if you're not familiar with Tony Perkins, he is the Family Research Council's longest serving president. Uh, He joined the organization in 2003. He's been described as a legislative pioneer and works in the pro-life, pro-family movement as a policy and political leader. He was served in elective office from the state of Louisiana, state legislator, served in the Marine Corps, former police officer. He's done quite a bit with his life. There's no doubt it's been about public service and also about his public faith. So we're excited to welcome back onto the Texas Values Report, Tony Perkins. Tony, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. Great to be with you on this Saturday. Well, it's good to have you. You know, your team has been so instrumental in the work that we do, Kana and the other folks that he's involved with, JP and so many great folks, because you understand how important it is for the states to be empowered when it comes to issues of faith, family, and freedom. But a lot of things that you do at the national level, we really try to draft off of, if you will, when it comes to working on public policy, when it comes to talking about the issues of today as they relate to politics and elections. And so your team was very involved or or made a significant contribution to some of our efforts on the privacy issue. You know, you heard a little bit about that in my setup. The session ended 
earlier this week. The uh, legislature did not leave the Capitol with a privacy bill intact or sent to the governor's office primarily because our Speaker of the House, Joe Strauss, and the State Affairs House Chairman, Byron Cook, blocked it. They refused to even allow a hearing, even though we had bipartisan support in the Senate. We had a majority of Republican leaders in the House supporting it. But one of the things that your organization was involved in that was very instrumental was a video that was put together that primarily ran online, got a lot of traffic that really tied all this issue together um, as it relates to the state of Texas, but also as it relates to other parts of the country and how this impact of privacy keeping men out of girls' bathrooms, shower rooms, and locker rooms has really just been pushed upon a lot of us. I thought your staff, and the video in particular, was great work. Tell us a little bit about why this issue is important to Family Research Council and why it's important for you all to make sure that you're empowering states on this issue. Well, first, let me say, Jonathan, that the ability that we have to work in states like Texas is because of uh, leaders like you and the political leaders like the lieutenant governor. Uh, the the, gov- the lieutenant governor was extremely important, leading on this going back to the very first of the year. And so Dan Patrick has been a real leader on this, and of course your your team has come alongside him. The reason this is important is because this is something that's been playing out across the nation, and this is um, you know what I described coming from the sexual anarchists. They're trying to deny the fact that there is male and female, as Jesus talked about in uh, in Matthew chapter 19, but. This, this really strikes at the heart of social order, and, and we're living in a very dangerous time. I mean, externally we see the threats we've seen unfolding over the course of the past week, what's happening internally. We're in a divided nation, and, and, and I think we, we have to stand up with a calm but reasonable voice to say, no, we, there, there are certain limits. And when it comes to redefining the sexes and putting our children at risk, we have to draw a line. And, and, and what's been troubling here Jonathan, is I think the curtain has been pulled back on big business. Big business is not only hypocritical in that, and that's what we called them out on the on, on the video. That these same policies, and I sat in meetings with some of these business uh, representatives from these business, uh, well, I would say Fortune 100 businesses, and asked them point blank, "Do you have these same policies that you're pushing the state of Texas to adopt? Do you have those policies?" No, we don't. Well, why not? But they wouldn't answer the question. And, and we've seen that over and over again, whether it's on the issue of bathrooms, whether it's you know companies that are doing business in China using near, near slave labor like Apple Computer, and they're you know, talking about being champions of human rights, PayPal, another example of that. But here's another thing, Jonathan, that came up. And this is what they used in the final days to try to, uh, well, to, to deprive Texas citizens of their privacy, is they said this is going to sink the economy of Texas. Did they not say that? Several times. <laughs> yeah, and, no. and they used they used North Carolina as an example. Well, a report out this week actually shows that North Carolina's economy grew, and they've had their they've set records in the last year in North Carolina with tourism and business. And when asked about, well, what about these predictions that the HB2, which was their privacy bill, was going to sink the economy, they said, well, uh, it could have been better. We don't know how good it could have been had we not had HB2. Look, big business, big business, and, and hear me on this, folks, big business in Texas lied. Not only are they hypocrites, 
they're liars. And, and that played out very clearly in the state of Texas, and they have puppets like Joe Strauss that they have on strings that they've been using. Folks, it's time to wake up and, and realize that these big business, they're all about their bottom line. They're not about even the issues they claim they're about, and they're certainly not for the American family. Well, you made some great points there. We're talking with Tony Perkins, the president of Family Research Council, great friends of ours. They have a tremendous presence in the state of Texas. They've worked on this issue of privacy, other issues of faith, family, and freedom across the country. So this isn't their first rodeo, as we like to stay in the state of Texas when it comes to these issues. You made some great points. And, Tony, you and I were in a meeting earlier this session, this year, uh, in Texas, where we had this discussion, right, where there was some discussion about how big business, there was a particular CEO that was in that meeting. And so we saw some of these things play out in front of our own eyes, but also publicly, right? And so we continue to see this drumbeat of people trying to say that it was going to hurt the economy, even though it was based on fuzzy math. They even got called out by the PolitiFact uh, entity here in the state of Texas run by the Austin American statesman, no friend of conservatives. But they continued to this drumbeat that it's going to happen. And then when they got called out and, and people realized the numbers didn't add up, it was based on hypotheticals like Houston losing the Super Bowl, things that didn't happen, that they said, oh, well, you know, we're worried about how it might impact the, the economy in the future. You know, you really can't tell what's going to happen with tourism and all these different things until you see how it plays out in three or four years. How convenient. You know, let's not let right. the facts get in the way <coughs> of one of the arguments from the liberal left. But you said it. So did the North Carolina lieutenant governor earlier in our session about the numbers. We continue to repeat it. In the middle of all of this, Texas was named by several publications once again as the number one state to do business. Who was number two? North Carolina. And so, but you know, you're you're right that there's some hypocrisy going on, and we pointed that out. So did you, and uh, excuse me, the FRC's video, FRC's action video on this. Because there is hypocrisy going on, and it just doesn't make sense to people because they look at the issues, and then they look at something like Target, and they realize, well, wait a minute, then why is Target having so much trouble financially when they instituted a policy like this if it's something that, that really um, relates to a dollar issue and they saw the reverse happening? But, but our legislator, the key legislator in the Senate that authored this Privacy Act, Lois Colcourse, she seized on it and said, look, the economic issue doesn't add up, but even if it did, Daughters before dollars. Okay. And that is what's happening with big business. They're not interested in the issue of privacy, even though the economic issue doesn't add up. The fact that it might, or someone suggested, they quickly run to that. They're not interested in the principle of privacy or actually protecting people. And you point that out with the way they're doing business in, with other countries who could care less about these type of issues of privacy, of safety, and human dignity. Right. And it's absolutely important that consumers know that these big businesses are, are not their friends. And I, I think we saw with Target, when we, specifically as they were the first to jump on the bandwagon thinking that they were going to, uh, you know, lead a parade, and we find out it's a one-man parade, but they, you know, they opened up their bathrooms and changing rooms, and, and their, their stock continues to fall. 
uh, not just uh, culturally, but uh, on the stock market. I mean, they're losing money. They're in bad shape, and I wouldn't be surprised if their CEO gets uh, you know flushed himself. So I think it's important that people realize they can make a difference with their dollars, not only the people we elect. And I would say to, to Texans, Jonathan, that when you look at what the speaker did here, the speaker blocked the will of the of the Texas citizens by not allowing this bill. There was enough, clearly enough votes in the House to pass this bill. Uh, he blocked it, uh, working with the committee chairman, not allowing it to come up for a hearing and a vote. And, and the citizens of the state need to realize that that they have a they have a puppet of big business and the left, uh, you know, disguised as a Republican speaker. He is a liberal. And uh, he is blocking, again, the, the, not just the will of the Texas citizens, but more importantly, he stands in the way of the protections that many moms and dads want for their children. That's right. We had thousands of people sign letters, went, go to committee hearings. They've been to these committee hearings in pu- different parts of the state at the local level. So a lot of kids going back to school this week and next week. And they don't have statewide protection on the privacy issue. School districts are going to be of the view that they can allow a boy into girls' bathroom because some of them are already doing it. Even though, like in Dripping Springs and Fort Worth and Coppell, um, there have been numerous Texas school districts where this issue has come up, and we have done everything we can to stop that. Some of those things have been temporarily put on hold in Fort Worth, but who knows how they're going to actually implement some of those things now. And you've got a New York Times article out with just your point. And they're almost celebrating it, which I think is interesting that Joe Strauss and Byron Cook are the ones that killed the Privacy Act, and rightly so. They need to be the ones that are focused on because it wasn't because legislators weren't ready to support it. We had a majority of House Republicans. We had a bipartisan support in the Senate. So the support was there, and that came through polling as well. We did a press conference this week that Texas primary uh, voters, GOP primary voters, 80 percent, said that they supported this legislation. 80% said this was going to be a factor on whether or not they'd vote for re-election for a candidate, how they supported this issue. I want to bring up one thing, though, though, about the sensitivity to business putting their neck out there on this issue. Many of them may not have such a retail presence like Target does, some of the CEOs of some of these businesses that jumped on, but one of them does. And I don't know if y'all saw this um, with your team up there, Tony, but we seized up on this last week. Dallas Stars is a hockey team in the state of Texas, and they released a statement saying really late last week saying that they opposed the Privacy Act, essentially signaling that they're okay with men going into girls' bathrooms at their hockey games. And so we seized upon that, and we asked our people to contact the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars are getting crushed on social media on their Facebook page. Almost every comment says, I'm canceling my tickets. I'm not going to be a a season ticket holder. I'm not going to your games. I was very encouraged by such a strong response. And and actually, this week was the first week that ticket sales went on sale for Dallas Stars. And look, hockey's not the most popular sport in the state of Texas, so they should be the last sport that's taking a chance like this, if you will. But so far, we've seen a tremendous response from Texans saying this is not what they expect from their hockey team. We put up a graphic that you know, said the, the Dallas Stars need to stick with hockey and stay out of the business of allowing men into girls' bathrooms. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for them. It is, and I think uh, I commend you for uh, looking at those opportunities. And, and, and it gives people a chance to express themselves in a way that makes a difference. Because what happens 
when a group like that, an organization, an entity takes a stand and they feel the pressure and the pushback, uh, just as CNN showed this week when CNN labeled uh, a whole host of uh, conservative Christian organizations uh, as hate groups by using the Southern Poverty Law Center's uh, hate map, uh, they've felt the pressure, and they've been they've been in retreat since they posted that on uh, on Thursday, as they should be. But people can make a difference. So, folks, don't think that your voice doesn't matter. Collectively, when we when we stand together and we speak out or we take action, it does make a difference. Well, there's no doubt. We're talking with Tony Perkins, president of Family Research Council. Uh, you see him on national interviews. He also has his own radio show, which I think uh, runs daily. I'm not quite up to that point. But you know what? We can have uh, leaders and people that we aspire to be like someday. I'm enjoying having this show at least once a week. Tony, you mentioned CEN. You mentioned the Southern Poverty Law Center. Let's transition for a moment about things you're seeing at the national level. This week, you reminded your supporters of the five-year anniversary of the shooting at Family Researchers Council's office. Nicole Hudgens, who was a Family Research Council uh, team member before she came to work for Texas Values, she was talking to us about that. Uh, some people may not even be aware that it happened or they not remember, but I thought it was key to remind people this week on that issue. Tell our listeners a little bit about that issue. Well, it was, uh, I guess, when you look at what CNN did this week by putting up the uh, SPLC hate map. That is what prompted uh, Floyd Lee Corkins uh, five years ago this week to come into FRC with uh, 100 rounds of ammunition and 15 Chick-fil-A sandwiches that he intended to stuff in the mouths of his victims. Uh, he shot uh, our building manager as he confronted him as he walked in the door. Uh, thank God that uh, Leo uh, survived. He was shot in the arm but still able to disarm uh, Corkins until uh, the police could arrive, and so a lot of people, a lot of lives were spared that day. But this was all prompted by the reckless uh, actions of the Southern Poverty Law Center. That you know, are a, a liberal activist organizations, but the media often holds them out as some kind of uh, objective arbiter of this debate, identifying hate groups. Well, they're, they're funded heavily by LGBT groups, and and they use them to label and uh, with the the purpose of marginalizing and silencing their opponents. And it's, you know, it, 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 it's just a reminder this week of what we're up against. But thankfully, we saw God's protective hand upon us, and uh, the efforts of, of Corkins was thwarted. But we've got to remain vigilant. But ultimately, we have to realize, Jonathan, that what we're up against is a spiritual battle between good and evil, between the light and between dark. What is dark? And in this week, uh, you know, as we we've seen what's been happening across America as a result of what happened a week ago in, in Charlottesville. Look, we're a divided nation. I said this uh, Thursday night on on Fox that we're a divided nation. I cannot recall a more uh, dangerous time for our nation when we've got so many external threats. We've got North Korea. We saw in Barcelona the continued threat of terrorism. But then we have this. Uh, internal issue where we're clearly divided. The evidence is overwhelming. I cannot think of a way out of this except that we as a nation, and I've called upon the president to uh, call us to a day of prayer and reconciliation, 
I believe God is the only thing that can pull our nation back together again. And it's, I think it's impossible for us to love our neighbor unless we recognize and love God. That's why the Ten Commandments are laid out the way they are. And, and I know not everybody in America is going to be a Christian, and, uh, and I'm not saying we should make people a Christian. You can't do that, but I'm saying as a nation, we need to recognize God's place, just as they did back in the 1950s when they changed our motto to, In God We Trust. I, I would hope the president will call us to a day of prayer and reconciliation so that we can just at least hit the pause button, allow these raw emotions to calm down, and maybe we can have a conversation about these issues instead of screaming over each other. Well, look, these are good points. We're talking with Tony Perkins, president of Family Research Council. You know, it was just a very compelling, um, you know, you know, as you might imagine, Tony, Nicole still gets emotional about that when she talks about that, you know, and she wasn't even there that day. But knowing that she was in a building where that happened, I mean, these are very real experiences. I've received death threats because of some of our work on privacy issues and protecting religious liberty. We had a press conference earlier this week. A state legislator, several state legislators received death threats because they simply want to have legislation that protects other people's privacy. So it reminds you of what that environment is like and how, you know, just vicious some people can be with an effort, I think, to silence people, to intimidate them, bully them, if you will, into silence. And, and, you know, look, I'm, I'm a, you know, person too. I mean, I'm not immune to those things. You know, those thoughts cross my mind. I mean, I uh, keep myself in prayer and push that stuff aside and go do what I'm called to do. But, you know, I, I do think the ability to come together and be united on the issues that we care about can have value. You've called a National Day of Prayer. You also have an important event coming up that I know brings a lot of enthusiasm and just, you know, positive energy to people and encouragement, and that's the Values Voter Summit. I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about that, and if you've got a a URL that you can mention, a website you can mention so people can find out more about it. Well, it is uh, our major event that we have every year. It is the Values Voter Summit, and it's coming up. September the 15th and 16th, and, um, you know, the media calls it uh, the premier social conservative event. We'll have uh, a few thousand people from across the country that will gather there. We'll have media from around the world. And last year we had uh, both uh, the vice president and president uh, that uh, were there. At the time, they were the Republican nominees. So we expect to have many of our nation's leaders, uh, faith leaders, political leaders, cultural leaders, and uh, some of the leading activists from across the country. And it's a great time to get together to be reminded of why we do what we do. It's not just about politics. Politics is the arena in which we play. Our motivation is much bigger. And our uh, the, the, the fact that when we can gather together and encourage one another, knowing that we're not alone, and, and that's one of, the, I think, the biggest values of the Values Voter Summit. And people can find out more by going to valuesvotersummit.org or frc.org. We'll get you there as well. But that's coming up September uh, 15th, 14th, 15th, and a wraps up, uh, actually 15th, 16th, wraps up on the 17th that morning with a worship service. And uh, so anyway, we invite all those great folks from Texas to come out, come up and join us. Well, I know you've, uh, there There are a lot of people that go there from Texas because um, we've been just about every year, either my myself or members of my team. And it just always is something that, you know, I just feel like I get, you know, injected with this burst of, 
you know, of energy and, you know, enthusiasm. And I don't know, as a guy, maybe some testosterone, whatever it happens when I get up there and, and other people get up there and you get around like-minded folks and you realize, you know, a lot of things to be encouraged about in our country. There's a lot of great people putting their faith on the line and they're having success with that. They're reaching other people. I know two or three years ago when I went, I met the Benham brothers for the first time, you know, and I was really compelled by just their passion. And and then I found out they had a connection to Texas. I had no idea. They ended up headlining our gala the next year. And then a, a year or so ago, you know, visit with Ted Cruz when I was up there. And yeah, last year you guys, you had... Um, uh, President Trump, Vice President Pence. So, you know, look, a very important event. You know, who knows what things are going to be going on during that time of year that uh, that might actually just, you know, add even more attention to it as, as you seem to be blessed with some really good timing. Right. So we're excited that y'all continue to do the event. We're excited about uh, participating and, and attending. And it's something that I think people will be ver- find as, as worthwhile. We're talking with Tony Perkins, president of Family Research Council. Tony, I just want you to know, too, while we have you on the line, um, you know, we pray, we do a prayer uh, intentions every Monday morning with our staff. And so, you know, as we lead up to that event, we're going to be praying, we're going to pray for the Value Voter Summit, but also just the work that you do. I mean, it's the least that we can do to show some type of appreciation or to also return some of the great work and the great friendship and the relationship that we have with your organization. So um, as we close out this segment with you, you know, we just want you to know that. We want want you to know how important your role and your team is for the state of Texas and how you're having an impact from where y'all sit on the great state of Texas. Well, I appreciate that, Jonathan. I, I really appreciate the partnership and the great work you do. And let me, let me, I don't know what I was looking at. Let me correct the date. I said September. It's October 13th through the 15th is the Values Voter Summit. So I had the, uh, I was looking, I don't know what I was looking at, but no, October it's been 13th on September. through the 15th. It's been on September, I think, in some past years. I'm sorry, I interrupted it you. Has. Say it again. No, that's October 13th through the 15th. I'd love to have everybody come up and join us. And, and, and Jonathan, we appreciate you and your team and uh, encourage you to continue to do the good work for the Lone Star State. All right. Well, we did good with our timing. Tony, thank you. That's Tony Perkins, president of Family Research Council. What a joy to have him and for him to take time away from his busy schedule to connect with our listeners and our friends here in the state of Texas. But that's what we do on the Texas Values Report. We try to give you um, interesting guests, guests that are time relevant. I mean, there is so much happening in D.C. right now that Family Research Council is a part of. They've been a part of our work here in the state of Texas. That's what you get when you listen to this show every week and what you get when you invest in the work we do at Texas Values. You can find more about our work at TXValues.org, where we work on the issues of faith, family, and freedom in Texas.